was a problem, yo, I'll solve it. Word to your mother. Cheers. Cheers, pal. Let's do it. Welcome to Nashville. You know what? It's good to come to you for once. Yeah. Well, I'll be in New York next week, but we're going to have some fun episodes here in Nashville. I mean, it's nice to be in a little different scenery. We're here at Zanies, the lovely Zanies. Yeah. <sighs> so many memories. <laughs> what is your memory when you, when you come to Zanies? I remember the time I came here. Yeah. <laughs> Love it. Yeah, it All right, man. So thanks, everybody, for listening yeah. to Two Cool Moms. I'm, uh, I'm Joe Gatto. When was the last time you were in Nashville? You're Steve Byrne. you got to tell people your name because then they don't know your oh, name. Oh, sorry. My, my name's Steve Byrne. Uh, I'm one cool mom. Uh, you're, one, you're, part, you're half of the two cool moms. Yeah, that's right. That's right. I'm the, one of them. <laughs> the numbers check out. You're right. That's exactly right. I'm number right. two, though. No. Here's the number one mommy. Uh, Drum roll, please. You are? I don't know. It's, it's debatable because you do have some very good motherly advice, and that's what this is all about here mm -hmm. on Two Cool Moms. We get out there and help people with stuff <sighs> feel good moments <laughs> that's what it's all about here's the last thing. time last time you were in nashville though was nashville was was it for the festival yeah i think it was for the festival that yeah. was it huh yeah i don't think i've been i i think i came through here once we performed once through here maybe after that yeah i don't really remember but i always love this city here's the thing though we're before we were recording this at 3 p.m and for yeah. this mommy 3 p.m is is coffee and dessert time so I'm going to have to be eating a piece of cake and a coffee while this is happening. Because That's right. Oh, you saved it. It's I did. I put it in my backpack. Oh, my God. What we ordered this it? at lunch today. It's a peanut butter pie from Magoogly's. What's the name of the place? Meredith's. Meredith's. I was close. I <laughs> Magoogly's? Isn't that not bad? I would name my place Magoogly's. No, it's Meredith's. Meredith's is a fantastic bakery in Franklin. And we were in Franklin today scouting mm -hmm. a location for... Uh, this mommy's new comedy special that she's going to film. Very, very exciting. So very, very excited exciting. about that. Uh, again, thank you guys so much for all the questions, the follows, the kind words, by the way, all the nice comments on YouTube. Did you used to watch uh, comedy with your parents? Never. No, really? I watched like different strokes and uh, I mean like Cheers or, but not like so your stand up. So your parents didn't, didn't give you any, oh, that's, that's funny, they didn't open your eyes to any stand-up special. My dad used to love stand-up specials. Yeah. And a big one that I always remember, and I don't remember any of the jokes from him, but I remember laughing with him, loving it, was Richard Jenny. Oh. The human platypus? Yeah. It was yeah. so crazy. Richard to, Jenny was great. Yeah. And I remember that him, and he loved him and Tim Allen. The ho-ho-ho specials, like that was during that time. Yeah. yeah. Well, now, now, that I, now that I think about it, my father would drive us in his pickup truck in New Jersey, and the first comedy album I heard was Billy Crystal's You Look Marvelous. And it was him mm. on the cover with three different characters that he was doing on SNL at the time. I was never awake late enough to watch and know him from SNL, but I knew, I knew that album front and back. I knew every nuance, every syllable of it. And um, years later, when I lived in Los Angeles at Amoeba Records Store, oh, yeah. they had a signed copy of that record, and I bought you it. Stole it. Bought and it. then uh, bought gave it. it to my dad. Oh, really? Yeah. That's so nice. That's the first comedy album I remember, so thank you. My... Um I, I don't know. Who do you think? Are your parents funny? Were they funny? Because you're funny. So did your, and I know that your kids are funny. They show some humor. But do you, do you attribute any of your comedy to your parents? Like my, my mom was batshit crazy. And my dad was like a very funny, dry sense of humor. And I think I'm the perfect match of both of those. Between, yeah. Between my parents. Like my mom would just like be absolutely insane and have fun and not care what people think and just live her life and and I, I have that well, but she's my dad a big part of your act yeah towards the end yeah she is, is. Fun. and then my dad 
It was just a very new new to the volume to tell a joke where mm-hmm. only the people he wanted to hear it would hear it. Right. And then everybody look at you while you're laughing. You'd be like one of those guys, like, yeah, what are you laughing about? Like one of those, you know. <laughs> so he, he would, knew yeah, <laughs> volume control. <laughs> yeah. My very story. What do I? Oh, I'm getting arrested. Shit. Oh, guys, get down. <laughs> All right, we'll see you later. Uh, we'll tune in next week. Comedy. <laughs> Classic. Oh, Steve. We did a. We, my father was dying of pancreatic cancer. Yeah. And he w- was at a comedy show. He was visiting my grandparents down in Florida. So mm-hmm. it was him with my aunts and uncles. All right. So it was like all the in-laws together, mm-hmm. the eight of them. So he just had gotten diagnosed with this. Something's seriously wrong with you. And they went to this comedy show. He's like, let's go to this comedy show. Anyway, so he goes and it was this at the, <laughs> they lived in like one of those retirement communities. Sure. So at the main hall, there was a guy and he was like working the crowd. Like, hey, so where are you from? How you doing? So he goes to my father. He goes, hey, how are you? And my father, like just loud enough so he could hear him, goes, well, my balls hurt. And I just found out I have cancer. <laughs> and the guy was like, okay, hey. <laughs> and my, the whole table that my dad was at a dying laugh everybody was hysterical laughing at it and i think that dark humor and that embracing it is really where i think it's hereditary a lot of it so they never got a chance though my mom was around for season one premiere yeah of the show and season two premiere no she came to the premiere of i remember my mother Mm -hmm. was like a peacock like she couldn't tell any couldn't wait to tell anybody that said excuse me and they're like what my son yes he's on television like she was like one of those um, super proud, really great. And she was always a big part of all of our lives, actually, because the boys and I used to practice at my house for like our oh, improv really? in our basement, in my basement when I was living with like my the mother. garage band of Yeah, exactly comedy, right. Yeah. It was in my basement. We used to go to my basement to perform, and my mom's office was in the basement at this time. This is before I moved up in the world down into the basement. I used to live upstairs in the same house as my mother. You were the Pete Davidson before Pete Davidson. Exactly right. Yeah, yeah I was 30s, right? So my mom says, uh, you know, my mom used to come down and pay her bills because like, her little office was down there, and she would just listen to us do improv and, oh, like, laugh the man. whole time, and it was really cool. She was, like, our mascot. It was really cool. But she did get to see the first season, and we have pictures of her at the in front of the step of repeat, and, yeah, it was Jeez, really cool. that's incredible. It's really cool. I, I really wish that it. she did, like, if I had a wish, like, I, if she could have seen the movie premiere, mm-hmm. I think she would have flipped her lid. Like, that would have been insane because you know how much I love movies and want to direct and, and write. She was along for that whole journey, so... To see that come to fruition, I, that's one thing. I'm like, oh, but I did have my kids at that, which was really cool. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, my son fell asleep during the movie <laughs> <laughs> on our lap, which was great. Well, I mean, being from New York, too, I, I would think that Radio City or MSG has mm-hmm. got to be some, like a bittersweet moment when you're thinking of... Yeah. Okay. More, more so for me, it's Vegas, because I used to see shows with my parents in Vegas. Like when we, My parents used to take us to Vegas all the time, and we used to go see shows in Vegas. So when we did the special and we were in Vegas, and the first time we took that stage, I was like, oh, that would have been cool. Because like Radio City, you know, we went to see the shows and whatnot, sure. like the Christmas Spectacular and things, but mm-hmm. it wasn't. we weren't a big going-to-Broadway family. Got it, yeah. But playing Vegas, because my parents so much love Vegas and so much into entertainment, and seeing all the comics they love there, mm-hmm. you know, it would have been really cool to have them see that, but... I was a little late in my career. I was a little late of a bloomer for that. About sixteen years. You went in the basement in your twenties. You would have accelerated <laughs> Damn, this a bit, but uh, I only could blame yourself, I guess. But that, that, it's amazing, obviously, that you got two folks upstairs looking mm-hmm. down, and yeah. they got to be beaming. Yeah, for sure. That's, I, I think about that all the time. What do you What do you want to be around for to see your kids do? I want to see it all. You're not going to. I wa- <laughs> I want to be around. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Do you not know how it works? Because I've seen you, and you're you're over it. Like you're yeah, you're past it, the middle point. Yeah. 
We got a quarter tank left in this. Maybe five-eighths. I like but to have fun. I know, you do. You have a great time, and that's yeah. what we love about you. But, you know, clock's ticking, and I just wanted to let you know, I want, I want to set expectations correctly. Because, like, grandkids, mm, I don't know if you're going to see that. <laughs> and thanks to Joe, we want to thank our sponsors for Write Your Will. <laughs> WriteYourWill.com is, no, that's, yeah. Caskets Unlimited. Thanks, sir. Um, no, you might, you might see grandkids, yeah. I'd love to see grandkids. You, I want to see it all. I mean, really, I think once once I had my kids, it's like, that's what it's all about for me. That's why I moved to Nashville to give them a good upbringing. Yeah. Uh, and just everything centers around them. So I, I truly, I would love to see as much as I can. Um, and I'd love to be around as much as I can. I, I think that my wife has just instilled a good moral compass in both these kids. And uh, yeah. I, I hope to, I'd love to see them. I'd love to see what they do for a living, like what oh, they yeah. become. And there's this great song on an album called The Concert Sinatra. And the last song is him as an expecting father. It's a 10-minute long song, and he's sitting there daydreaming about what his son's going to be. Oh. And is my son going to be this? He's going to be this. Maybe he'll be president one day. And then he, he has a, an epiphany. He goes, wait a second. What if he is a she? Then the whole demeanor of the song changes. It becomes fanciful, and he's talking, about his, he's talking about his beautiful daughter. And he, he's daydreaming about who his daughter will be and how he's got to protect her and find a good man to protect her as well. Um, that's great. Let me, let really me look cool it up song. real quick. Sorry. Yeah, it, no, that's, that's fine. I, I like to think about like what you'll be able to see and what you want to be there for. Like I would love, to, I want to be there through like college so they could, cause you make some big decisions at that time. So I'd oh, love yeah. to be around to, to do that. I mean, at this point I'm hoping I make it to kindergarten graduation, which is June. Oh, here we go. It's called soliloquy. Soliloquy, and it's called the Concert Sinatra. Okay, that's the the thing is the Concert Sinatra, and then the, the Concert song Sinatra. Soliloquy. It's called Soliloquy. I gotta listen to it, and it's absolutely a beautiful song. I think to any to anybody who's expecting or is a parent, because mm -hmm. you do have that wonderment, song. right? Yeah, of course. Of like what, what, what will they be? What are we looking at here? Yeah, don't yeah. be a dipshit. Don't watch the line. <laughs> how much are they gonna suck or be cool? You don't know. <laughs> you can go because cool. you know. To be honest, fifty percent of your fifty percent of kids in the world grow up to be assholes because fifty percent right. of you know adults are assholes. So they came from somewhere, <laughs> right? <laughs> so if we look at the numbers, me and you, you and me, right? We both got two kids. One, One of our kids is, is gonna be an asshole. <laughs> <laughs> One of our kids is an asshole. That's right. Yeah. Well, shall we get started, my friend? Yeah. I mean, let's dive in. I mean, let's let's get out there and give some motherly advice to our friends here. Well, I think this segues brilliantly into our first question. This is coming to us from William. Can we first, before we do, William, can we yes. give, a, give a shout out to all our wonderful fans that have been giving us such good content? Thank you so oh, much yeah. for these. Thank you, guys. This is great for everybody who listens and, and writes in. We get some really, really great questions and, and things. So thank you so much. Some of the questions are excessively, like, <laughs> like make me laugh, but it's like, we can't do that on the yes, on yeah, the a lot of them. So a lot of them we talk just talk about and we don't film them. <laughs> so we do appreciate those just as much, but there, there's some that we can yes. talk about. Okay, so this is coming to us from William, and again, thanks to all the listeners. Uh, I like how this starts. Okay, great. Mama Joe and Mama Steve, William here, and I'm needing advice on my almost five year old son. How do I get him to stop taking off all his clothes when he goes poop? He will be starting kindergarten this year, and we need him to break this habit now. Um, Side note, we, while we usually are the ones to wipe him after poop, he will sometimes try to clean himself by sticking his butt under the bathroom sink. Well, he's that's very that, smart. That's kid. good. He's, that's a smart, he's smart. But th I, that is an that's actual a problem dilemma. Solver. He's making a bidet out of the sink, and you can't trust him. I mean, he's European. He's got high tastes. He's got high tastes. What are you going to do? 
Here's the thing for you. I will tell these people. He has a sparkling water instead of a, a, a juice box, right? He's <laughs> he's like a Perrier squeeze bottle, Capri Sun. Is this girls? <laughs> Would anyone Fresh like a plum? Anyone like anyone like a goldfish? <laughs> it's like Stewie. He's like Stewie. Um, that is a real situation, though. That is tough. If your kids dropping yeah. clothes to go take a dump. And he can't wipe. Your kid's got to wipe before he goes to I think the big thing with kids all the time is you have to make it feel like it's their idea. I think you solve yeah. 95% of your problems if you make them th believe it's their idea. Mm -hmm. They feel like they're in control of it, like whatnot. Um, but I will say this. If I am coming back from a long day and I'm going into like, especially like my hotel room, and I know I have to do a number two, I will strip down and do it naked. Yeah. And then hop in the shower right after. I don't like the constraints. I like to break. I like to be able to spread my legs as long as, as much as I have to. I don't like the constraints around the ankles. Do you have this when your legs fall asleep because you sit there too long? Well, well that's I'm fatter the, uh, than you. That's Do you lean? <laughs> I lean and I, my, my legs fall asleep. That's neither here nor there. What I'm really saying is, I think the advice part of it is... Blumpkins, guys. Let's talk about a blumpkin. I'm saying what the, the part that doesn't really matter is yeah. I still do it as an adult. So I can't blame your kid for it. I will say a good way to help solve but any issue. In private, you're doing that. Debatable. That is, that is debatable, <laughs> by the way. You've seen me. You... No, don't. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so funny. Loose lips, Stevie. Yeah, Loose that's it. lips. Yeah. Some things have to stay you know, within the podcast. Stay room. cool, mommy. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah. Uh, no, I think, I think the real advice there, though, is I find it always so helpful to make any problem you're trying to solve with your kid, the solution that you want to be their idea. Because kids are smart and they want to feel empowered and, and feel like it's their things. Like I, Milana was talking to me not too long ago about how it, something wasn't fair mm -hmm. because she didn't get to decide for herself and she's six years old. And I was like, she's thinking that already, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I, 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 I agree with you about kids feeling ownership over behavior. Yeah. Because it'll dictate so much, especially that first year going into kindergarten. It's just like, you're a parent... You're pulling a pin on a grenade mm -hmm. and rolling it into a school going, good luck, everybody. <laughs> yeah. This uh, is your kid now. <laughs> this is, he is quite a piece of work at home. But that's the good thing about kindergarten is that they're, they're learning pretty quick the social norms. Yeah. Right? And I think that his, <laughs> William's kid is going to learn pretty quickly. You don't, like, he's just taking off his clothes. <laughs> but he's talking, like, it'd be best if, like, like, it It's like, oh, you guys don't do this either? I was like, no, come, we don't. Come down the path with me, though. Hmm? Come down this path with me just Hold for a hand. moment. Hold my hand, okay. Come walk down this path, walk through yeah. this. If Let me get my sketchers on and walk me through it. If we don't stretch out, I don't want you to pull a hammy. Yeah. <laughs> okay. What if William and I, all yeah. of us, yeah. we don't teach the kid any different and we just send him to school the first day and see what happens? <laughs> <laughs> Could you imagine the shock and awe of that kindergarten teacher oh. when he's like, I got to go forward? She's like, okay. And she turns around and it's just a naked <laughs> kid with all his clothes. <laughs> <laughs> and he's holding toilet paper. He's like, I'm ready to go. You yeah, do this, you do, right? Yeah. No, oh. not your. No. Oh, that's a great crazy. parent teacher conference. Oh, my goodness. Hey, we got. Hey, he's great at reading, great at math. The poop situation needs a little work. <laughs> um, yeah, I think I, I, that, that would be my advice in that scenario, I think. Yeah. I, I've been fortunate. With, by the way, my son, when he's wiping his ass, it's like, I don't even think he knows what it is. It's like, <laughs> he kind of wipes and then, like, like brushes his elbow. And He's like, I'm, I'm done. Getting him in the in the sh in the bath or shower that night, and I take down his pants. I'm like, dude, do you <laughs> you missed the. Do main. you know what wiping is? Like, you don't wipe your butt. Like, maybe he's just wiping a cheek. Yeah, I think he's wiping a cheek. Like, you got to go because that's the kids. The cheek is the hole. They don't know the difference. They don't. <laughs> you know, that's your butt, right? You got to wipe your butt when you're done. You don't say you got to wipe your hole. <laughs> that's not. That's a totally different bedtime story. <laughs>
we found the title of the episode. There we go. That's a whole other story. Okay, well, you heard it from Joe. I think you know what to do. Um, I, uh, do you agree, though? Have you, have you had success in making your kids think that's their idea with things? I, I think my wife goes by that. Got it. I have, I, I, I'm like, a, I got the football, and I, they say hike, and I hike it to my wife. I'm like, I'm oh, going so to do any parenting. <laughs> I, I do as little as because you want it to go well. I know what you I mean. Want your it to go well. are good. Yeah. Yes. I, Not I'm saying like, you're a bad parent. I'm just saying you want you rather it go well, right? Exactly. Yeah. When it and comes to like hardcore that. real issues, things, it's like, all right, mom's got this, mm-hmm. right? When it comes to me, it's like they know it's time to have fun. They got know it. it's cool, Dad. They know if they want a yes, they come to me. Oh. So they know that. But lately, I've been tempering it because Jess is like, I already said no. You can't say yes because yeah. now you're betraying. Yeah, you got a f- unified front. big. can't do that. So it's like, okay. So I, I, I try to – look, again, it's like all roads lead through my wife. Mm-hmm. Sure. It, so, yeah. Sure. She's great. Yeah, the best. I'm telling you. Yep. Jacob, uh, first off, he says, hi, cool moms. Love your podcast. Thanks, Jacob. And wait every week for the next episode. Thank you, Jacob. That's very kind of you. Here's the question. And I think – I can absolutely relate to this. Oh, okay, great. Because I had a situation with this. I don't like my girlfriend's cooking at all, but she loves making food, and she, and she this, this is great, and she thinks she is real good. And then it just says, help. <laughs> <laughs> Jacob, I've been there, my friend. The first time my wife cooked for me, it was in Orlando. She cooked a pasta dish and uh, like a Texas toast garlic bread. Around midnight, I was in her front yard during a lightning storm throwing up. Oh, my goodness, really? I had food poisoning. And it happened another time with another dish where... Wait, Texas toast she poisoned you with? Yeah. Wow. And it was one of the foil ones or whatever. So yeah, yeah. It, it's, it's like it wasn't her fault, but it was kind of her fault because she mm-hmm. served it to me. And so I just associated with, with this thing. But I'll never forget being on all fours in like boxer briefs and like a Superman t-shirt like a wounded animal at <laughs> midnight on a Tuesday, like, uh, 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 rain coming down. Uh, it's like, oh, it can't get worse than this. And it's just like, uh, and then a bat. And it's like, oh, it oh, did just get worse. Man. Everything. It was all, all hands on open. deck. All faucets were open. She had a yard sale. She didn't even know. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, so ever since then, it's become this thing. She cooks a lot. And she, she doesn't enjoy cooking, but she'll do it. And so obviously, you know, we're married. We got kids, so I, I have to eat it. But I, I do think that there are dishes she excels at, and there's others that I think it's different when you're living under the same roof, right? And, and, and it's just like, all right, you, you know. Yeah, the girlfriend cooking you is totally different when, than a wife cooking for you because the wife cooking for you is out of necessity to you, especially if you have kids to feed the family, right? If a it's girlfriend's a kicking, right. just a meal. If a girlfriend is, kicking, uh, is cooking for you, then it's a totally different vibe. It's, it's like, event, I'm, yeah. yeah, I'm going to cook you dinner, or you, we, we could just go out. We don't, have, we don't have to stay home. We don't have to right. feed other people, or we could order in, or whatever. There's other, it seems like there's more leeway. Yeah. You know? So if she's cooking for you meals you don't enjoy, first and foremost, you probably should be honest. But you need to do it with kick gloves, I think. I yeah. think you need to be like, and why, you know what you could do is like, you could gift her, like, be like, look, your cooking's not good, but I got you a gift <laughs> for a cooking class. Or here's an online YouTube recipe channel. You're just out of the gates. Hey, look, your cooking kind of sucks, but I, here. I, I live a life of truths. Try to get in, get, get in front of it. Because yeah. what are you going to do? You're just going to be but miserable eating your whole life? You know what? And I, you know, I think I'm a good dancer. And I'm not, but it's fine. <laughs> I still enjoy doing it. So I don't think, I don't think, it, I don't think it really matters. I, I would say... You know, maybe just talk to her about it or maybe think about ways you could help improve her by 
getting a recipe book or doing things like that and be like, hey, let's try some new dishes. Let's cook together. Let's together, take a class yeah. together. Like Home Chef exactly. and stuff like that. Yeah. You could do that those, green, those stupid boxes, green chefs and whatever. Easy, yeah. They're not stupid. They're great. But I mean, they're for people that don't know how to cook, really. It yeah, and that will never get sponsored by them. You think they're going to look at me? <laughs> you think they're gonna want, anybody wants their product on this body? <laughs> I mean, we have a better chance for caskets uh, unlimited. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Well, I think uh, I think I agree with you. Honesty is the best policy. Just go look. You know, I appreciate the effort. A for effort, but try to make it fun. Try to make it fun. Cook with her. Don't just come to her with a problem. Come with a solution. Be like, look, I don't like the way you cook, but we could. There's ways to fix this, or let's have some fun with it, or let's. Have we ever thought of trying this, or could we do this, or whatnot? Or if there's something you do like. I think it's always about cooking together. It's not putting on her that she doesn't cook well. I think if you cook yeah. with her, it feels like an event. It'll be better. For everybody. Say, look, you're, you're a woman and I respect you. And so you don't always have to do the cooking. You know, let the, let the man do the cooking. I'll do the cooking. You just be a woman. Just do the dishes. And then give her food poisoning. Yeah. <laughs> give her food poisoning <laughs> and, and make her do the dishes. There you go. Um, but all the best to you. And I, I think what you said is really smart. Don't come to her with problems. Come to her with a solution. So I think if you're armed with two or three solves, yeah, even better for it. Yeah. And be honest because, I mean, eating, you guys are going to eat together a lot. <laughs> Yeah, if things go well. <laughs> right. Yeah. Be a lot of meals you're going to be like dreading. You don't She's want gonna that. You're going to be sick of cooking. Yeah. Trust us. Uh, okay, this is coming to us from Madison. Me and my best friend were really close for the past six years, and then we started drifting away. When she went to new schools, she would constantly look at my location before messaging me and asking where I was, and she would brag about the new car her parents were going to buy her. Uh, also, all the trips she was going on. Even one time, she went through my phone while I was in the bathroom and looked through all my messages to make sure no one else's contact was named best friend. Am I wrong for wanting to end my relationship with her? There's a lot to digest. There's here. a lot going on there. You want me to read it one more time? Sure. Me and my best friend, yep. close for six years, yep. drifting away when we went to new schools. So okay, I'm full, assuming they're okay. both in college. Full stop. Let's yep. start there. When you go to new schools, you make new friends. So your as we say like friendships like an airport right yeah right some people have left you, you, you you're gonna have new people arriving some people have departed you're gonna have new people walking around the terminal mm -hmm. so that you guys drifted is totally normal don't make that the reason that's normal that's mm -hmm. that, that's what happens in that stage of your life okay good okay then uh they're at new schools. She would constantly look at my location before okay. messaging me. Flaggy, flaggy, asking, flaggy day red, flaggy day red. Your table is ready. <laughs> that is, that's, 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 that's a little fucking much. nuts. Yeah, it's a little nutty. nutty. Uh, Madison, where's the camera? Where's my, Madison, that's fucking crazy. Okay, that's, that's crazy. Uh, asking where I was, and she would brag about the new car her parents were going to buy her and all the trips she was going on. Well, that's just a personality trait. She's a little bit of a braggart. She's your friend, though. I mean, yeah. that, that's probably just a personality trait or comes from maybe a place of insecurity, but that's just part of her. I can't see that being a, anything besides just a, a footnote. Well, this is, this is kind of... The next part's a little... Even one time, she went through my phone while I was in the bathroom. First off, that's fucked up. Yeah. That's so crazy. Yeah. Look through my messages to make sure no one else's contact was named best friend. Okay, so there's a white rabbit being boiled here. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so that's a, you need to check you need to chiggity check yourself before you get wrecked, Madison, because that's a little it's a little much. 
all of that. Here's it the sounds th- like the reboot for the talented Mrs. Ripley. Yes, that's right. My <laughs> yeah. God. Madison, here's my advice. Fucking run. Yeah. Get on your track shoes, blow the whistle, and get the hell out of Dodge. I don't disagree. I think this... this uh this friendship has run its course. It's not gone in a, in a healthy way. Um, if you've tried to talk all these things out, maybe maybe you have. I don't. She must have copped to the fact that she looked through her phone, though, right? Because how would she know she was looking for best friend? She had to tell her that. She had to, yeah. yeah. See, like, guys in this situation, if this was a girl you're dating, the guys always go, oh, the sex must be great. But if you're friends with somebody, right, <laughs> there's no, like, real benefit for it. It's not like, eh. what do you think the benefit? This is crazy. If you went through my phone and said, am I your best friend? I'd be like, well, first of all, you're talking like I haven't we, done that. Are we? <laughs> uh, it's like eighth grade shit. Yeah, it is. I mean, do we have an age reference or no? We don't have an age. Well, going to college. They went to so, the yes. best friends for six years. They went to college. new schools. Yeah. I, they got to know each other from high school into college. And now I think they're at a college yeah. or at the tail end of college. Yeah. I think at this point in your life, you're, you know, there's... In your life, there's different ebbs and flows of where you're able to define friendships or friendships mm-hmm. are defined for you. Once you're out of college, it all is in, that's all your basket to pick from. Mm-hmm. The, your friends are yours to pick and your decision. You don't go to school with people. People at work could just be people that you work with. Yeah. They don't have to be work friends as much as college is because college has a more social aspect than work does. So I think really it's, it seems like you want to stop being friends with her and that's what she says at the end. So yeah. you just have an adult conversation and say, you know, follow your instincts. Yeah. And I don't you don't have to break up with friends either. Like people do that too. People put the pressure on themselves to break up with friends. Just stop you, you just naturally, yeah, you naturally drift. That's the way it's going to go. You don't have to be like, "Look, I don't want to be friends with you because of A, B, and C." Just stop reaching out, stop responding, respond less, don't be mean about it, and then eventually it'll just go by the wayside. I always love that Jim Gaffigan bit he did where he was introducing a group of friends from work to his group of friends' friends. And he's like, hey, just so you know, these guys don't know this about me. So uh, you- <laughs> That's true. That's, that's very, definitely true. Um, okay, well, I think these two cool moms say that that is not cool. <laughs> and Madison, you got to move on and do a little more you. Yes, do you, okay? Madison. That's all we're really saying. That's right. Okay. Hey, cool moms. This is from Gwen. I said it on other social media and YouTube, but I really love listening to the podcast. I need to laugh, and you both deliver. Uh, That's very kind of you. Thank you. Can you help me figure out what I want to be when I grow up? That would be great. Ah. Do I have to mention I'm in my 40s? (laughs) Gwen. I mean, I'm figuring it out again right now. Yeah. I'm 45, Gwen. I mean, these things happen. Well, uh, there's the thing on Benjamin Franklin that just came out, and all the things he's really known for uh, happen in his retirement, in his 50s. What? Yeah. Say what, cool mom? So he was a, uh, he was, uh, a paper printer or printer yep. uh, up until his 50s. He retired. And then everything that was innovative that he did was in his retirement. So, uh. Gwen, there's no need to think that in your 40s you can't do your next endeavor or whatever it is you want to do. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't think – well, what you want to be when you grow up really is just like – what, what do you want to do? Nobody can answer that for you, you know? Um, but you're always being able to chase your passion, but of course you got to pay the bills, right? And this is where the classic dilemma we always walk into is passion versus yes. payment, yeah. right? Yeah, so that's tough. So I, I hope that you find something that you enjoy. Um, you're not going to be an astronaut at this point. No, that's sad of the... That's let's, let's think of the things she won't be. You can't be in the military. Professional athlete, absolutely not. No, definitely. There's no way. Uh, bikini know. Hooters model? Nope. No, surrogate, surrogate mother might be tough. Sur- <laughs> Might be tough. You might have a couple of years. That window's closing, though, so I get knocked up right too sweet. Uh, <laughs> that's because that window's closing. Uh, the garden's 
drying up a bit. Here's what you get. <laughs> you got to be careful there. Uh, what else can you do? Yeah, the, the, A nun? Can't be a nun? Can't be a nun. Oh, no. no. Can't be a nun? Because uh, can you not be penetrated? I'm making assumptions. <laughs> Excuse <so>. me? <laughs> Isn't that like a, a qualification? Can't, don't you have to be? Oh, no, you don't have to be a virgin to be a nun, do you? That's a good Google. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good Google. I don't know. Uh, what can she be? A Walmart greeter? Oh, big, big, bigger than that. She could be a manager there. Yeah, you could be. Uh, well, I'm just. Uh, no, I would, I mean, I would, I would run it by your cats. <laughs> Ask your cats what they think you should do in your 40s. You could open up. Why does she have cats? She could be a dog person. She's in her 40s. She doesn't know what the fuck she's doing. She's got cats. Trust me. I I'm in my 40s. You. I don't know what I'm doing. I have a dog. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, that's an assumption you're making, cool mom. How many dogs do you have? Uh, at, at the time of this broadcast, I have 20. What the fuck? It might be 19, actually. Gelato's in a bad spot. I just got a text. <laughs> Wait, you have 20 dogs? Yeah, yeah, it might be in a bad spot, though. We might have 19. Who knows? By the time we get off and I check my phone, it's either 20 or 19. Yeah. <laughs> you talk a lot. You know I have dogs. Do you own a Petco? Like, <laughs> who has 20 dogs? I get a discount. That is crazy. What do you... Uh do you, do you have? It's you not have, about me. It's about her. It's about okay. Her. Sorry, but, but do you have a you have a dog walker? To, that's a lot of dogs. No, no, they're most of them are half half dead, just hanging out in the beds. Oh, yeah. that's right. You're yeah. giving them a place to you know, a place to explore out the candle. I'm gonna I'm gonna live their life like a candle in the wind. <laughs> I'm waiting for that moment. That's where they're all going. They're all about to. They're all the. They're all to inhale. <laughs> the name The name of my house is waiting to exhale. <laughs> That's really what happens there. Yeah. Well, after this podcast, you might hear a knock on your door open, and she goes, Hi, I'm Gwen. Can I blow up my candle here? Yes, that's it. I just want to blow up my candle. Gwen, I, I think if, if you're in your 40s, you're trying to figure out what you want to be. Uh, again, to your point, what you are isn't dictated necessarily by your profession. It could be a hobby. It could be, you know, yeah. I, I, I'm a hiker or whatever it could be. So I think whatever it is, find your passion. And go for it, because like Joe was saying, I have a limited time on this earth left. Yeah, TikTok. We all do, so uh, yeah, get to it. I, I will also say there is an empowerment to people to be able to find what they want later in life because the abundance of tools and self-education out there, YouTube or oh, sure. online learning or any of that stuff is out there. You can really teach yourself whatever you want. If you like photography, you can teach yourself how to go take good photos. Yeah. You know what I mean? And there's there's all these things, online classes and stuff. So there's a lot of uh, that you could do to chase the chase what you want to do. So yeah. I wish you the best. And get immersed in a forum or create your own forum. 100%. And find like-minded people like that. Mm -hmm. Like you like, uh, you like, Week old socks, right? One week old only. Yeah, one week old socks. You yeah. started that that thing on Craigslist yes, where people send, send in their, in their socks. One week you, old socks right? with the receipt. Right. And you just oh, yeah, and I just put them on my face. <laughs> oh, I told you about that. Oh, speaking of what, you got those socks you told me. <laughs> this is what I love about you. Never even bat an eye. No, you go yeah. yeah. yeah this in. is what we're doing. I'm in there. Okay. That's it. I'm, I'm with in. you. I'm with you, baby. I'm in the foxhole. Okay, let's do it. All right, here we go. This is from Natasha or Natasia. That's Natasia. Natasia. Okay. That's this a is, great spelling, Natasia. Natasia. This is a... Uh, I've never met a Natasia before. Hi, two cool moms. I've been working from home since uh, March 2020 due to the pandemic. Mm -hmm. I haven't been around more than five to seven people at a time. I'm worried about going to events with large crowds, comedy shows, concerts, etc. Have you two adjusted your interactions with crowds and fans since clubs have opened up again? And any advice for somebody getting comfortable around people again? That's a, that's a great question. I, th I don't think she's alone. She's definitely not alone. That's a question. That's the question um, of the day for two years. <laughs> yeah, but I, I think as we've gone on, more and more people have gone on with their lives. But I, I, I am friend personally friends with two people that are going through exactly what she's going through, yeah. and these are people that that uh, are in the public eye. 
Yeah, who haven't left, right? Who haven't left, other than work, who haven't left. So um, for me, the transition was immediate. I got vaxxed, I got boosted, and I got right out there, and I got right to work. Um, and I kind of got on with it. I thought, if I'm going to go, I'm going to go. You know, I might as well just, nobody knew what it was before, but I was always like, I- I'm going to, you know, live my best life and, yep. and, and, and still not be prevented from experiencing things that I wanted to do. So um, yeah. I just got out there. I can't answer this from her perspective, but I could talk to it because I was similar to you. But I do when I meet people or I'm seeing people in comedy clubs or crowds or whatnot or during meet and greets where you, I get to meet my fans, I always take the social cues from them. I never yeah. go to shake a hand. I never go to do anything. I stand at a distance and wave, and I let them dictate what they want. If they want sure. to stand next to me, they stand next to me. If they want to hug me hello, say hug me hello. Um, you know, I've protected myself to what I feel comfortable with. A handshake. I have hand sanitizer there, so I'll, I'll you know, after every five or six person to keep everyone safe, I try to do and that. And open mouth kissing, you're open to that as well, right? Yeah, I mean, I, again, I told you, just send me the socks and we'll work it out. Um, but I, I think the big thing is, like, if you're worried about how people are going to portray, how you're going to be interacting with people in the public, mm-hmm. I think just be out there in a non-controversial way about what you're comfortable with and people will be accepting. Because everybody's dealing with that. Everybody sure. has family members that haven't left their house since March... Uh, you know, March 2020, there's people that have been out right there that live in Florida and have been doing wet T-shirt contests, you know, since April. So I don't know what to tell you. It, it, it really is just as long as you're comfortable and you can portray and let people know your comfort level, you'll be able to live your life out here. Yeah, I think per her question, it sounds like there's there's a gumption to get out there. She wants to do things. So dip your toe in the water. Dip your toe. You know, go go to a, you know, here's the perfect thing. Go to a, go to a matinee movie theater. Mm-hmm. Go see a movie at 1 o'clock. It's, or an outdoor event. Or an outdoor... It's getting into the springtime now, right? Go to an outdoor event. Outdoor event. You know, that has you a, a know crowd. where your yeah. distance is. But mm-hmm. if you go to a movie matinee, yeah. get some popcorn, I guarantee there's no more than five to six people in that yeah. theater. Depends on the movie, too. That's right. If it's... Uh, don't, don't do it. We might, we might be getting sponsorships. We don't know. We don't want to badmouth any studios. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say Jokers, a new yeah. <laughs> So this summer, Smell My Socks, starring Joe Gatto. Uh, Tyler Perry's Smell My Socks. Um, Presented by Joe Gatto. Yeah, but I, look, I, I think everybody sympathizes with you as well. 100%. Because everybody has been in that situation. Some have just moved on a little quicker than others. Yeah. And there's still and some that are close. Don't let people make you feel bad about it. Yeah. That's my, my main takeaway. So stay out of Texas. <laughs> is our point. Um... Your point. Okay, this is an interesting one. This is coming to us from Abby. And I like the way she, she said this. Okay, is it Abby with the E-Y or straight up I-E? I-E. All right, I like it already. Hello, Mother Steve and Mother Joe. I have a weird issue. I do too. Don't call me Mother Steve. <laughs> Mommy Steve and Mommy Joe, but that's okay. Uh, so in June of 2021, we sold my childhood home that I lived in with my mom, dad, brother, and sister-in-law. It really took a toll on me because I had lived there since I was three, and we moved when I was 18. I need advice on how to cope with it. It's been almost a year now, and I still want to go, quote-unquote, home. But it's now someone else's to make memories in. Uh, just to note, I moved in with my mom and her boyfriend since my parents have been divorced since I was six. My dad moved to Florida. I live in Georgia. And my, brother and sis- my brother moved in with my sister-in-law. Okay, so that's... So, yeah, from... So how do you forget your childhood home? Lived there from three until she was 18. That's 15 years. That's the only home she's ever known. Okay. I totally get it. Uh, what are your thoughts? Well, you know, change is part of life. You're a grown-up now. You've got to have to deal with these things. Um, you can't go to somebody else's house. You can't be weird unless you know where they leave the key. 
and uh, you want to go visit at night. Uh, and that's on you. And that's your decision you want to make. If you want to sneak in a window, you know, if you know, I mean, if you want to try it, gamble, roll the dice. Uh, hopefully they don't have an alarm system or a Rottweiler and you'll be fine. Um, we have a friend of ours that is going to check your phone if you're BFF. So not. So this might be from the other person. I flipped it. Yeah. It together, those are the two baby. people that came together. Uh, yeah. I mean, part, that's, that is fucking hilarious. You know where that creaky window is. You know what like it is. You know, that window that kind of locks. Everybody's got one. I, I think for me, it's hard because I, I get that too, because I moved same exact thing. I had a, yep. one house I grew up in that it was 18 when I moved out. And they, but the difference is they knocked mine down. So nobody oh. else lived in it, which I kind of like, and it kind of felt nice. Um, but I, I, I think you've got to get used to change. It's, it's hard to think about it, but it's gonna, pretty soon you're going to be going, moving on with your life, either moving out, going to college, or doing something anyway. So this house that you're in right now probably won't even be much of a home. It's more like a stopover at this point. If you're getting in there at 18, you know? 18, yeah, you're going to be on your way. To something in a little bit. And you have, you're 18, you have so many great things to look forward to. All your real firsts, your first home yep. happened. Happened there. Now your first job is around the bend. Yep. Your first real relationship is around the bend. Your first real vacation with your <laughs> friends is around the bend. You have so many firsts to look forward to. Nothing's happening in that house. Nothing's happening in that house. <laughs> in fact, they should destroy it. You know what? You should move was, out of that house and knock that house down too. Burn it down. Burn it. Yeah. You don't Make want sure that. you tell everybody first though. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and take out the take out the yeah. home homeowners insurance. There and, is and the what, fire <laughs> what, the, what 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 you're holding onto there is is nostalgia. Yeah, and you could take that good those good feelings with you wherever you live. Like I've had so many homes in my life, but mm -hmm. I've always had a feeling of nostalgia to remember, like what I liked about like certain parts of the day. Like for instance, I love just sitting and shutting off the world for like five minutes for like my three o'clock coffee, like in whatever living room I lived in and just take a moment to collect myself. And I did that in any home, but that was part of a ritual that happened at home. Right. So I think if you just keep what you love about being at home and you do it in this new place, that house will feel like a home before you know it. When I say childhood home to you, what's the first thing that comes to your mind? Um, the first thing that comes to my mind is the yard. Yeah. Yeah. Harbor Road was the house and we had the biggest yard in the neighborhood and all my friends used to come and play. Mm -hmm. And my parents were so cool that they would just let the kids in the neighborhood stay when it was time to eat dinner. Wow. So I would be eating dinner. And this is why I eat so fast. That's right. Because yeah. I'd be eating dinner and I'd hear all of my kids, all the kids in the neighborhood still playing tag outside. And I'd be like, Shh, done. Can I be excused? And by the way, this it. is no joke. What was handed to you? We were in, we were somewhere. The oh, burger. Yeah. The, the burger. We were, no, we were in a green room. Yeah. In Tacoma. Yeah. You were handed. Uh, some morsel of food. Was it a burger? No, it was a cheesecake. Cheesecake. Yeah. I'm not joking. Yeah. It was like Kobayashi <laughs> or Joey Chestnut. <laughs> ha. Yeah. Gone. Yeah. I've never seen anything like it in my fucking life. And you, you were like a boa. Are you fast? And you actually had the cheesecake <laughs> sitting out the side, a perfect I triangle. I save it I, for later. I can move it down to my stomach when I'm ready. Just go, like, that's enough of this. <laughs> move it. Uh, yeah, I've never I, seen anything like it. That's probably what my biggest memory of Harbor Road is the yard. Like the, the playing there. I've had mm -hmm. so many good memories in that yard and, you know, being out there, climbing the biggest tree, getting stuck in trees, things like that. You know, my, playing with my friends. A lot of it is the yard for me, the feel that that had. But I, I agree with you what you're saying. I, I think to the young lady, I would say, enjoy the nostalgia. You had great memories. That's, yep. that's, that's what you take with you. And, and it's all the things you, you love and appreciate are the things you can never take with you anyways. Right. It'd be ain't nice nobody, to visit, ain't nobody taking that memories. That's right. You can always go there. Mm -mm. It's right here. Mm -mm. Unless you suffer some head trauma. <laughs> Thanks for listening, guys. <laughs> that's the truth. Ain't nobody taking that memories unless you suffer some head trauma. <laughs>
<laughs> facts. These are facts. These are facts. All right. Yeah. Last one. Last one. All right. This is from uh, Tara. Okay. We're getting, I, I think this, this might be a little bit more on the serious tip. Here yeah, we go. No, we love serious too. We, we, Tara, no. we're here for you. You got two cool moms in your corner. Hello. Love the show. Out of the gates. This is very strong. I hate my daughter's boyfriend. Ooh. He treats her horribly and uses her for what she buys him. Oh. No matter how many times he's fought or broken up with her, she continues to go back to him. Her and I constantly fight over her relationship because I believe she deserves better. How do I convince her she deserves better, or do I just let her live her life and watch her continue being emotionally hurt by him? Also, she's 19, and they've been together for two years. Well, Tara, I'll tell you this out of the gate. She's 19. They've been together for two years. It's not going to work out. Yeah. Everybody knows a relationship between 18 to about 22 I, I think I, I mean the numbers do, don't lie. The statistics there's the a lot statistics of statistics have got to say yeah. that there's no way. I used to have a joke about you know finding the one or I married the one. It's like the one is one. There's a multitude of other ones, and I guarantee this guy will be one of the other ones. And and you're right. She's going to thank you one day. She's going to appreciate you. She's going to thank you for being such a cool mom, like us. Mm -hmm. And then uh, and and this experience I think is actually a good thing. Because it recalibrates her emotional capacity to understand what she's willing to put up with and what she won't. So because she's going through a rough rut, I think this is, at the end of the day, going to be a good thing for her in the future when she's with somebody that treats her really, really well. She'll go, wow, this is what it's like. And she'll be ready to have a healthy conversation with her mom, That's, hopefully. I don't, I don't even have to be here. That was perfectly <laughs> surmised by the other cool mom. I will say I will give some advice to the to the uh, this mom that has written in. Don't be an I told you so, because that's when the damage could be done. Right, right. You need right. to be there when this thing falls apart and your daughter realizes that she, uh, you know, wasn't, you know, was taken advantage of. And again, these are all your opinion, by the way. Mm -hmm. Daughter might not be feeling that way. This is just your opinion. She might be seeing a different side of this fellow. There might be different circumstances you're not aware of. So this is her relationship to figure out. That being yeah. said, when it's all comes crashing down. Like you say, it and will. It will. Uh, yeah, it will. It will. And when it does, you need to be there to hug your daughter and uh, and comfort her. I, I don't. I think it'll be a very. That's a very. That's a pinnacle of a moment where you can't be like, well, this is what you get. I told you, you can't do that. You can't do that. Yeah, you just got to be because the flip ski of that is she'll never come to you again. Ever. Yep. But we've all had that relate. I had one. My first. I think it was like my second girlfriend. I was nineteen or twenty, and she treated me like shit. But I didn't know any better. Yeah. And I mean, the I've, world I've, was so small for me. It was like, that's it. Who else is gonna? Uh, that she likes me, but yeah. this this the girl out of all these girls that likes me. So I'm gonna stay here. And and yeah. then I got out of it. And it was uh, well. If you're gonna have accountability cool. and be honest with yourself too, I've been that guy. Like I've been that guy, and yeah. I'm not proud of it. And you you know that's also the phase in life where that kind of stuff has happened, where you're realizing the man you're gonna become right. versus the boy that you were. And I think these years of 18 to 20, 22, 23 yeah. is big for. The way the male is going to realize how he treats women in a relationship. The pendulum swings are so wide, so wide emotionally when you're that young because you have no, again, you have no idea what you're doing. Yeah. No clue. None. You don't know what you're. Especially if you're inexperienced like I was in the younger days. Like I saw, I basically started dating when I was 18. Like, you know what I mean? Like sure. I didn't have any girl even later, like 19, you know? So it was like. Yeah. It's 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 it, it'll be there, but I think for the mom there, I think it's important to be there for your daughter. Try to do, look. We all want the best for our kids, of course. Try mm -hmm. to protect them as best we can, but sometimes they need to make their own mistakes, and you just have to do your best to impart your wisdom and hope they hear you. Yeah, you, you got to have the confidence. You're sitting at the poker table. You got a good hand. Yeah, 
just sit back in the pocket, go, when the deal flips us all over, I know I'm yeah. going to have a winning hand. So just relax, yeah. be patient. I know it sucks. But this is why happen. it's so important to be so present in the earlier years for your children. Yeah, and That's what I always say, and I think it's really important. I'm learning that now, too, that you really need, uh, especially with daughters and you know even sons, uh, the, the focus of a relationship, how you want them to be in a relationship, you mm-hmm. need to start laying that groundwork as yeah. soon as the – so so they could reap the benefits of that education when they need it. Yeah. Totally agreed. That was, that was nice. Really good advice. I mean, Man, sometimes you're a, you're a real cool mom. Yeah, you know what? You're a cool mom too. <laughs> it's, it's not called one cool mom and Steve. It's called two cool moms. Okay, so uh, this has been fantastic. Thank you so much for for having me in your in your turf. Yeah, we're yeah. here at Zany's. I love this it. is where we normally do two cool moms uh, podcast. I do if you guys obviously you guys are comedy fans, but yeah. uh, I do a podcast here with my producer Taylor and George over there. Uh, and what we do is we sit here at Zany's, and you're going to be doing one. Am I tomorrow? Maybe. Yeah, we're filming it. And so we're going to... I got to check my schedule. We watch stand-up comedy and we break down the clips. And it's a total blast. It's a lot of fun. What's that called? Comedy Pinata. Okay, so you have to say the name of stuff when you're promoting it, Steve. I I got to teach you how to promote. It's called Comedy Pinata. And you can check the link in the bio. Check the link in the bio. Or in the description of this episode. We'll put it there. Yeah, Okay. we'll put it there. But otherwise, dude, it was great seeing you. Great seeing you, Mommy. Love you, buddy. (laughs) We're not going anywhere. We're going to film the next one right now. That's right. These two cool mommies love you, so show us some love. Please rate us, review us, follow us on all social media, and subscribe to our YouTube.